It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's a pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll introduce my guest momentarily, and we're going to have a lot of fun. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I usually do this every single week. I've been thinking about leadership lately and have been considering the various character qualities that make someone a great leader. One of the biggest attributes I can think of is how someone handles adversity. There are many examples of people who handle it very well and also those who do not. In sports, for example, when a team experiences something difficult during the game, the way a coach reacts or responds to that event can impact the way a team performs from that point forward. Even more importantly, the way you handle the adversity will ultimately determine your final result. True champions will look for the opportunity that is present in the situation. In fact, Og Mandito says, always seek out the seat of triumph in every adversity. In each adverse situation, there's a corresponding opportunity to create a winning result. Very often, we won't see such opportunities if the adversity never materialized in the first place. I'm confident that as long as we don't give up, that we will end up stronger ever than ever before because of the experience. And if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please do so. Leave a review. That would mean a lot to me. So I want to introduce my guest. His name is Travis Ayla. Let me tell you about him. He's a coach, a speaker, an entrepreneur, a leader, and a warrior. Before finding his calling to impact impressionable lives, he was a Marine, an undercover police detective, and also served as a SWAT team leader. Although an unfortunate turn of events caused him to retire his badge, he helps others overcome struggles to find their purpose and reach their dreams. As a thought leader in adversity, he has been featured in Forbes, Fortune, and he was also on the Steve Weatherford Show. And of course, Steve Weatherford won a Super Bowl with the Giants. Uh, Travis overcame all of this and became a world-class entrepreneur and business coach, and he helps clients overcome their limits and become the most amazing version of themselves through a combination of tough love and mental toughness. We have so much to unwrap and unravel today. So here we are with my very special guest, Travis Ayla. Travis, how are you? Welcome to the show. What's up, Brian? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. You're so very welcome. So the first question I love asking right off the top is, did you envision early on that you would be where you are right now? Uh, no. <laughs> Most people probably say no to that. Um, but uh, no, I definitely did not. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what your path looked like prior to your current career. Uh, let's see. My path's kind of been all over the map. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, I, I've been working since I was 12. And uh, my first job was on a route in New Mexico, like doing old school roofing tar and everything. Um, fast forward a bit. Uh, I, I actually had a full ride scholarship in high school in the Texas A&M uh, architecture program. That's where I was going to go play football and, and do that. And about a week before graduation, decided I needed some discipline in my life. Otherwise, I was just going to party it away. So um, that's where I joined the Marine Corps. Uh, Marine Corps was uh, exactly what I needed uh, to send me on the trajectory that 
God ultimately had planned for me. And uh, I got got the 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 leadership and discipline that I, I needed and was missing from lack of father figures in my life up to that point. Um, after the after the military, I got out in about 2006 of the Marine Corps and went back into restaurants where I had a little bit of experience before going into the Corps. And from there, I, I kind of bounced around bartending and uh, ultimately becoming a GM for a couple fine dining restaurants out in Annapolis, Maryland, which is where I got recruited into law enforcement. Mm. <clears throat> uh, once in law enforcement, and I did like I've done everywhere else uh, and just strive to be the best in the room. Mostly it was out of ego and uh, self-desire for accolades, achievements, and you know, just being front and center. And uh, that led to pursuing all the things that you see on TV when it comes to being a cop, right? So yeah, SWAT, hostage rescue, undercover, narco, all those things. Uh, did achieve all of those things. Uh, even scored number one on uh, canine test. That's where I was going to go next. But uh, as you alluded, I did have uh, an incident um, give me some perspective in life. When I was involved in a traffic accident and uh, was one of four people in that accident and the only person that walked away from it uh, didn't cause me to end my career. Uh, the The outcome of that was uh, it was favorable as far as my career goes. I was able to stay an officer, it, it, but it did give me enough perspective to really kind of change pursuit of who I was, what I was doing, what my life was headed and what I wanted from it that ultimately led to the decision to, to leave law enforcement and uh, change paths into a more legacy driven uh, desire, purpose driven life that led to sales, entrepreneurship and now business and coaching, right? Yeah. That, yeah, that I've, I've heard other interviews that you did on that topic, and we don't need to go very deep on that here because you can hear it elsewhere. But when you're in a car accident and you're the only one that walks away from it, it leaves you questioning things, doesn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So what great lessons did you learn in the Marines that helped you in, in your business career so far? Uh, I really learned a lot about team building. Um, about streamlining efficiency, simplifying things that could be cross-trained where everybody could understand you know, in, in the Marine Corps, in the military and law enforcement, SWAT and all, all those type of niche environments, uh, they all require the same way, same thing, which is, you know, the, the concept of being ready to lead, ready to follow. So for example, in the Marine Corps, Everybody's a rifleman before they're anything else, whether you're a cook, whether you're intel, it you know, doesn't matter what you are, you're a rifleman before you're anything. Because at the end of the day, you got to be able to step up on the front lines and, and do what's needed to protect your country, right? And in SWAT, in law enforcement, it's it's a similar concept. You, you'll have on a SWAT stack, for example, you could have six to 12 guys. You'll have a breacher, you have a point man, you'll have a cover man, you'll have a less lethal. You have everybody has their expertise, but at the end of the day, they're all SWAT operators. They're all 
officers, they all have a base that you build upon before they have a niche. So mm-hmm. when you get into business and uh, coaching individuals or coaching teams, it's the same concept, being able to strip people down to a base knowledge to perform their duties, responsibilities, and, and effectively uh, add value to their team and building upon that in a manner that everybody's able to overlap, get things done and flourish in their own environments where they have a specialty or a niche uh, in, in the field. But you don't want to do the catastrophic thing that a lot of business owners can get into, which is making it people dependent versus system dependent. So that's really what all that boils down to is making things system dependent versus people dependent. Because if you, if you put everything on one person's ability to do something, that person goes down in a fight or they leave your business, then you're you know very quickly uh, operating with without a leg on that uh, that foundation, right? So that concept is something that got drilled into me real early in the military that was able to translate into life, into business, and really understand that concept overall that's been very key to to my success, not only personally and in my teams and my portfolio of businesses, but in teaching other entrepreneurs, business owners, and, and, and teams. Yeah, that is so important what you just said. Make things system dependent instead of people dependent because if somebody's missing, you can just plug someone else in who's been properly cross-trained, right? Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I worked in a call center once where I was the trainer and it was my job to, one of my jobs was to cross-train all the outbound salespeople so that they could do inbound sales and vice versa. And that process took several weeks, but it was really valuable because if they needed more coverage on the floor in either department, we could just move people around and everything was smooth. And I, I love that idea. So if you've got a larger organization, consider doing that because you don't want to be beholden to somebody who's missing and have that person basically hold your entire operation hostage from being productive. So I want to ask first, because there are a lot of people out there that decide to play the victim card. And then there are others, the true champions, who decide that they're going to be the victor. How did you make that decision to be the victor instead of the victim? Yeah, so that that was a combination of something I learned in the military uh, as well as just growing up. I I grew up in an environment that my mom remarried every couple years, uh, very abusive alcoholic kind of uh, father figures. And when you grow up in an environment that's very much if it's to be it's up to me kind of thing and mm-hmm. knowing that you, you have to protect your mom or your sister or whatnot you don't really have time to play the victim and right. you you if you play the victim then you, there there becomes a lot of casualties uh and bystanders that become victims as well and the same in the military right so you you head into a battle or, or a mission, and if you play victim, you're you're there to save and serve, right? So uh, that doesn't allow much room for you to really put your victimization front and center. So you just have to power through and find a way to come out victorious, find a way to problem solve, find a way to, to keep yourself calm, centered, and collected to go ahead and just get the mission done. I love that. We've got less than two minutes to our first break. Why did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Uh, I wanted a, a better um, future for my not only my daughter, but anything in that legacy they're following. 
know, they, everybody in my family has been divorced at least to three times, at least three times and has never even, uh, never graduated high school, much less college. I'm the first person to actually graduate high school. Even my younger sister dropped out senior year. So it, that concept of if it's to be, it's up to me, uh, really led me towards entrepreneurship and being able to build what I feel I could control from an aspect of my best and highest use, my resources, my skill sets, and uh, layer upon to be able to really cultivate and hand down the opportunities, whether it was something my daughter or any other kids down the road want to take on or not, giving the opportunity and the, the ability to have the resources and the incubator to do so, entrepreneurship is really just what made made sense. I love that answer. We are coming up against our very first break and we're talking with Travis Ayla. And after the break, we will talk about more on entrepreneurship. We'll talk about overcoming imposter syndrome, some of the biggest mistakes that people make in their businesses, what holds business owners back from being successful and how to train your mind to succeed and succeed every day. And of course, we'll talk about building businesses because he's a very successful entrepreneur. We will talk about all this and so much more when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles. If I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio, and here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. According to a Gallup poll, 56% of Americans want to lose weight. Most of us know that muscle burns more calories than fat, so when you're trying to lose weight, you want to lose body fat while preserving the muscle you have. Lifting weights while you're losing weight is not an option, it's a requirement. According to a Penn State study, when dieters don't pump iron, 22% of their weight loss comes from losing muscle. So if you lose 20 pounds without lifting weights, almost five pounds will be muscle. Upping your protein intake is important, and Columbia University researchers found that protein intake plays a significant role in preserving lean muscle mass during weight loss. Preserve your muscle as you drop the body fat. I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. 
And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Travis Ayla, and we are talking about entrepreneurship and building businesses. And if you have not subscribe to Ultimate Achievers Magazine. Please do that. It's a monthly digital publication that we publish, and it's a membership-based subscription, and you can read every single issue that we've ever done going all the way back to December 2017. Just go to ultimateachieversmagazine.com, pick the subscription option that you'd like, and I would be honored to have you on the journey with us. Again, that's ultimateachieversmagazine.com. So Travis, here's a question that I love asking people. What do you think is the highest value skill that anyone can develop? Hmm. That's a good question to ask. Uh, highest value skill. I would go with, I mean, there's a lot of people can develop of their own, but solution-oriented skills and the ability to find the path of least resistance to solve a problem with the resources you have is by far the most uh, self-repaying skill I would say you could develop. That's absolutely fantastic. And I, I think I heard uh, being really resourceful as part of this answer too. And it's so important because if you, if you focus not just on the problem, but on the solutions and you focus on how to make things happen based on what you have available to you, that is valuable to so, so many people. I love that. What is the most expensive mistake you think you've ever made? Now, it can be financial. It doesn't have to be. Maybe it's something that you held on to for way too long or something that you didn't do soon enough. But what do you think is the most expensive mistake that you have ever made? That's an easy one. Uh, I would say investing into to people for too long. Uh, you know, our, our yeses and nos can be really hard to filter out, especially when you have a heart or resources to try and expand people's opportunities or help them see what you see in them. And the the lesson of learning that you can only help people that want to help themselves and knowing when to let go of the rope. And, and not be pulled into the quicksand with them is is a lesson that can be very expensive. And I have paid quite a bit of dumb tax in that area. Yeah, and sometimes you just you just want to believe in someone so much, but when they don't reciprocate your faith, it's really, really hard to justify keeping them around. And sometimes those cuts are really hard to make. And sometimes it means impacting your close friendships, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's impacted friendships, partnerships, relationships, and by far been the most costly because it's not it's not just the money that's spent. It's the time that's lost, the opportunity cost, all those things. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What do you think it takes to be successful in business? Mindset. Just just being willing to push through and seeing failures as lessons learned. You know, you, 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 too many people look for the success and not. Uh, Looking at the the missed opportunities of the uh, said differently, that people get too focused on the peak and not learning the process through the valley. Mm -hmm. That they they never make it because they're not looking at their feet as they're climbing towards that peak, right? Not learning the process, not not really just pushing through it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're, if you're always looking at what you want to achieve and not paying attention, uh, as you could be on a hamster wheel, for example, you, you could very quickly get down on yourself and mm-hmm. think that it's not achievable. Mm-hmm. Whereas if, if you, you keep your focus on the goal, but look at it one step at a time. And even if you trip step after step, know that it's just, you just got to keep pushing you forward one step at a time, you're mm-hmm. eventually going to get through that valley on up to that peak. So mm-hmm. the, the mindset of it's, you choose your heart. Like my pastor says, mm-hmm. you, you, whether you quit or you push through it, they're both going to be hard. So you just choose it, right? We want to lose weight. Going to the gym is hard. Being fat is hard. <laughs> so mm-hmm. choose which one you want to do. Absolutely. That, that is the hardest thing for people to realize when they make decisions they you know the the answers are typically simple but they're not easy and mm-hmm. the, the decision is hard on either side absolutely and mindset is something you have to train just like you have to train your body so how do you train your mind to succeed to succeed every day it's uh as as simple as this may sound it really is how you talk to yourself. It is how your routines are set up. What, what do you what do you say to yourself? Whether you are the person that writes the affirmations on the windows, whether you are conscious enough throughout your day to say to yourself, like I don't say can't, for example. And I, I'll catch people that I'm around. They'll say something I can't do that. Well, no, no, no. You're choosing not to do that because the words matter. You you can do it, but you're choosing not to. Right. So mindset really comes down to just what we tell ourselves we can and can't do and words matter. So whether it is if if you are not good at something, practice it three to five minutes a day mm-hmm. and very quickly you become good at it over the next 30 days. Uh, it, it, it really is simple as repetition and just talking yourself into what you believe you can or want to do. I love that. Practice what you aren't good at for three to five minutes a day. That's great. So tell us a little bit about how your entrepreneurial journey evolved. I mean, you you left the Marines, you left the force, you left SWAT, and you started your business. How did that happen? Yeah, so I jumped into sales in half a dozen arenas. It started in fitness sales. And then I got recruited into outside sales. So door knocking and energy efficiency, which was selling insulation, radiant barrier, heating, air conditioning uh, type trades. Uh, I, I excelled in all those uh, those areas as far as sales went because at the end of the day, it's it's people skills. It, it, as a detective, if, if you can sell somebody to confess a murder to you, you can sell somebody to buy some insulation, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, as I went through those different fields and, and I led every sales team that I was on. And when I got into the energy efficiency space, I was doing pretty good. I, I was making 20, 25,000 a month in commissions and I was building a sales team, became a sales manager. And at the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not really money driven. I'm more uh, experienced and relationship driven. And I got to a point where I helped take the company I was with from one point. They were about 14 years old and they had averaged about 1.2 in gross a year. And we took them to 
just over uh, just under six million the first year that I built the sales team there. And I I went to them and just asked for what would it take to get one percent ownership in the company, right? Like I just want to see at the table. Tell me what it is, I'll earn it. Uh, and ultimately, I was told no, can't can't be done. Uh, and then the competitor recruited me. I went and built their company from seven fifty a year to two point eight the first year. Wow. It was promised uh, equity there, and it's about eight months in, got tired of the hemming and hawing. And then I just realized, you know, the, I, I built two sales teams for two different companies, some some large numbers, and I was running both of these. It's really just a branding game. It's a reputation game. And I decided oh, I can go do this on my own. And uh, I, so I did. I just decided I'm, I'm going to make the jump. I, I went and got, you know, built an LLC, built a brand. Did no marketing, was all reputation driven and built my my own energy efficiency company. And I did uh, right at right at a million in sales the first year. I net about 350. And I took about 120 of that, invested into a franchise, which was uh, iCryo, and got involved in that brand, figured out that model, built some teams, had some successful locations, and then just realized my my best and highest use was building teams, putting systemizing things to a point where it's kind of like creating NOS, whether it was the energy efficiency company or the franchise model. I'm not the person to come up with the 80%. I'm the person to come up with the 20% accelerant and just take it to the next level. So when I boiled that down, uh, I realized that a lot of the um, meat and potatoes of that success was the same no matter the market and i tested it out in several different markets I, I created a management company and to date our management company has touched about 35 different uh businesses across nine different states now and mm-hmm. uh, we we've it on minimum average doubled revenue in the first 60 days for any clients and yeah. i've built that out in autonomy and my team runs that and uh, I've, I've, I've been fortunate enough to jump more into just pursuing the coaching and training side of things uh, as we're talking about. I love that. Let's talk about iCryo for a bit, because you and I have talked, we've met in person before. We've talked privately about what, mm-hmm. what some of the things are that you do. But for those that maybe don't know, and I know we're going to be coming up on a break here shortly, iCryo is a, a biohacking center, right? You can heal yep. yourself versus using medication. So Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Matt, it's, uh, it goes right in line with the mindset conversation. We, we have so many things at our disposal that our body will take care of itself if given the right opportunities and fed the right resources. Uh, from a biohacking perspective, you know what the body needs and, and uh, desires or uh, and what we lose as we get older, all those types of things that we could go on for hours talking about. Sure. You can, you can uh, increase longevity of your life. You can uh, increase quality of life, all the things. So I cryo is really uh, people know it for cryotherapy because that's what it started with. But now there's red light therapy. We have IV infusions, vitamin shots, float, uh, you know, the list goes on. It really is a biohacking center on just reducing inflammation within the body and finding ways to live a, uh, a better life and a longer life without mm-hmm. 
having to take medications and and worry about the symptoms we're, we're able to really get to the root cause of things at an affordable uh, option in a holistic route absolutely so is your business model a per use or is it a monthly subscription model it's a hybrid of both so you have what we call lifestyle services that are your services you typically want to do three to five times a week that would be revolving around a membership basis. And then you have your premium services, which can be packages like IVs and whatnot that you want to moderate based off of the, the necessity of them. And that would be more of all the car packages and whatnot. Fantastic. We're coming up against our next break. This is Success Profiles Radio. We will be right back. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will return shortly. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Travis Elia. And we have been talking about his uh, iCryo business and how he grew that. And the next thing I'd like to ask, Travis, is how do we overcome imposter syndrome, because I'm sure there are a lot of business owners who may have felt a lot of struggle here in the last 12 months because things have been tougher for a lot of people. And some of us might be tempted to throw in the towel. So how do we overcome imposter syndrome? Sure. No, imposter syndrome is something I talk about a lot in coaching now. Uh, as as I mentioned in the management company and whether it's iCryo and, and other businesses or not, when, when it comes down to why is the business not doing what it needs to it always comes down to the owner. It always comes down to the person in charge, the operator, whatever that looks like. And not in marketing, not in P&Ls, all these things are really symptoms of where's the leader at internally. And that that's my favorite place to play because I've been there. I've struggled. I've been ups and downs. And you know, imposter syndrome, for example, we, we create it. 
Mm-hmm. Like we, we, we determine that we're, we're the imposter when we play that game with ourselves. And when, when you unlock that and really step into just knowing who you are, what your, what your best and highest use is and, and what you're here in a, in a, in a, with a purpose to, to drive forward, that stuff just all melts away. But, but really, imposter syndrome comes down to people just not having any faith, knowledge, or acceptance of themselves and what they're capable of doing, what they want to do. And as much as we make it about what others might think about us or, or um, believe about us, say about us, whatnot, it really just comes down to what we think about ourselves in the inside that we don't want to code outside. Yeah, for sure. I, I love that. What do you think are some of the biggest mistakes that people make in their businesses? Control. Thinking they, they have it figured out to the point that um, setting too high of expectations. That you, you have your, your average owner-operator or CEO, for example, what, what I spend a lot of time coaching uh, them on is our expectations are just unrealistic. Otherwise, anybody working for us would be in our positions. So when we set out of what we think we we need accomplished by our team, like we, we have to dial that down to 60% and give like a 30-day window for what we think should be done at a, in a three-day window because mm-hmm. the expectations are just unrealistic. And we, we, we start setting uh, insurmountable odds and um goals at a point that people on our teams can reach them but they can't reach them at our pace in our way so not knowing where that gap is and paying attention to it and only looking through our lens with the with, with the blinders on creates this loop of never-ending failure for the team mm. to the point where a lot of uh business owners that they, they will see the what they perceive to be failure because it's not done in the in the, the fashion or the time frame that they expect. And then they'll jump in and fix it or solve it, connect the dot, what have you. And then all they do is create a ceiling for their team. There is no development. There is no growth. And then that team eventually just gets stagnant and either leaves or quits, right? And then yeah. the cycle starts over. So the number one thing is we get in our own way and we work on we work, we work in the business too much instead of on it because we know if we work in it, we can get it there faster and better. And if we work on it, it may take us three times as much to do half as well. But we also get half of our life back and we're not a slave to our own job that we created right do you think it's because we expect ourselves and other people too much yeah no absolutely that's that's kind of where it comes down to right most high performers got there by pushing themselves and that's all they saw is what they're capable of doing and they didn't have to rely on others so for the most part unless you have like a let's call it a fortune you know 500 or 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 under a company where somebody has had the tenure to grow through the ranks and be with a company for 20, 30 years that they've seen everything in between as they find that ladder. Most your high performers got there by sheer tenacity, grit, um, and just pushing forward, uh, chasing the carrot. So when they get to a point where they have to rely on a team to accomplish it, they only know how they would have accomplished it. So then they project that expectation onto everybody else, not knowing their own skills and and 
how they operate, whether they're visionaries or they're integrators, what their different you know life languages are or mm-hmm. their own tempos, not knowing how to understand that people in the room have lives outside of this that are impacting their day to day because they've always operated in a silo of themselves as a high performer to get what they want done as fast as they can get it done. So yeah. that lack of realization ends up coming back to just completely catabolize the whole system. For sure. For sure. So why do you think it's so hard for people to delegate? You think it's a trust issue then? Oh, absolutely. It's a control and trust issue, right? If, if, when it goes back to the same thing, they, they delegate a task. When it starts to not get done the way they expect, you know, somebody went left when they thought they would go right, or it starts taking longer than they expected, then they just get in and do it themselves because it's easier and they wanted it done yesterday. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the process of delegation is truly a, a development tool. And most people look at delegation when they get into leadership as uh, a task accomplishment phase, right? I'm going to delegate these things so that this gets done in time mm-hmm. in the time frame that I set. But when you realize that delegation is actually a, a, a development tool for your team, you start looking at it different, right? Like I'm going to give you these tasks to see one, how you problem solve mm-hmm. two you know, how you communicate with your team and like, what's your sense of urgency, all these things. Then you start figuring out, are people in the right place? It's not about the task. It's about how the task gets done and how that personal ha- person handles the situation. Mm-hmm. But too many people don't look at it as a development tool. They look to, they just look at it as a way to get uh, a, a, a timeliness task accomplishment. So exactly. then it yeah. comes to trust factors of, well, my business is in your hands. And yeah. you're not doing it right. Sure, sure. So if someone is self-employed, for example, how do you help them get unstuck? Because you can only rise to the limit of their own skill set, right? Correct. So uh, that's that's actually way easier than people think. And it is being able to pull out what is what what are tasks that only they can do, right? Like, what are your ten dollar an hour tasks? What are your hundred dollar an hour tasks? And let's focus only on the ten thousand dollar an hour tasks that you can do. What's the expertise and knowledge and skill set that you bring? Let's set that aside and let's start automating from there out on the tasks that you don't have to do. You don't have to send the emails, right? You don't have to do the calls necessarily. What what are the things that you don't have to do that we can outsource, whether it's fractionally, whether it's with virtual assistants, whether it's by hiring, um, put, putting people on payroll and realizing that that is a step that you may you may pay yourself less because you're going to build your, your team up and your business up, but you're going to get more time back and you're going to make it scalable to where you can have multiple streams of income or it works without you right so really figuring out what their skill sets are their time management and and the business from a scalable standpoint leveraging that in um, today's day and age is actually really easy to do between ai between virtual mm-hmm. assistants and all the different resources that are out there and and showing them how to take the low-hanging fruit and taking a few things off their plate once once i can get them to allow me to show them taking let's just say two to three things a week off their plate it becomes a full court press of okay let's take it all off i didn't even know that i could do that and half the time 
the things that we take off in the first 30 days, their business runs faster and more efficiently. And they realize that they were bogging it down because they're not the best you know, email organizer or copywriter or marketing director for, for their, their company. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you have a three-step process to help us become the best version of ourselves that is unlearn, unlock, and unleash. Tell us about that. Sure. So Unstuck is a, is a actual um, specific piece of the coaching program that I have. It, it I, I have a two-day intensive that I do in, in person with people, but I, I do have a, a, a smaller breakdown for those that can't make it to that. But it, it does take it back to unlearning what we think we know about ourselves, good and bad, right? So figuring out, for example, what are the what have, what's the negotiating we've been doing with ourselves? What are some of the things that uh, other people in our lives have convinced us of? Like, for example, I have a buddy that's a CEO of a company, and his for the longest time getting in that position was in spite of to, to spite his dad telling him he was never able to. That was something he would never be able to accomplish. So he went that route because of what he told himself and what his father convinced him of. But that actually isn't where he should have gone, right? So realizing he's, these things that we tell, we tell ourselves or that other people tell us and the lies that we believe and the traits that we think we have or don't have, all these different, you know, we can go down a rabbit hole of that. Really unlearning who we think we are so that we can know what we're holding on to uh, that we need to let go of and what, what our purpose is, what, what our missions, goals, what we really want to get accomplished in life. Mm-hmm. That, that step is hugely key to be able to pivot the right direction. Right. So from, from that standpoint, then we'll move into, uh, unlocking like our best and highest use, unlocking our core values and, and, and what are, what are the things that we bring to the room that we step in no matter who's there, right? What can we do better than anybody else in, in a room that we walk into? Um, from, from that stance, when we can unlock all those pieces of what matters to us in a core value aspect, we create filters on how we make decisions. Uh, we, we create filters on how we build our business and how we, whether, whether we are hiring people, whether we're bringing different relationships into our life, so on and so forth. We, we create a system that makes it super easy to make sure that everything's in alignment with what we want and who we are. And then from that standpoint, we, we learn how to put all that together and truly unleash ourselves into our purpose and um, really accomplish things that are fulfilling in our life uh, instead of just creating a shell of a hamster wheel, right? Fantastic. We are coming up, up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. And when we come back, we'll talk about core values. We'll talk about Travis's coaching program, how to decide who to pick for a mentor, how he helps men reach their alpha in a beta world. And if we're struggling to define our purpose, and we're just not sure about some of those things. How can we figure some of that out? We'll talk about that and so much more when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back shortly down the stretch we come when we return. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. 
It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. With the newness of spring, it may be time to change up your workout. It's always a good idea to cross-train, but there are also times that you need to change the way you work out. If you've been doing the same thing in your exercise for a while, and your results have seemed to stall, it's time to change things up. Making little adjustments can add up to big gains. If you lift light or moderate weight, why not lift heavier weights with less repetitions? Shock your body and get the results you are after. If your daily walk is not giving you the outcome that you desire, try doing cardio intervals. Walk for three minutes, then run for one minute. Repeat this sequence until you've completed at least 30 minutes. The calorie burn is much higher, and it's good for your body and mind to change up your workout. I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Travis Aylin. We are talking about building businesses and we're going to talk about coaching next. And once again, if you have not download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please do that. Leave a review. That would be absolutely fantastic. And if you've been listening to some of the commercials, you know that I help people write their books. If that's something that's been on your list of things to do for a while and you just haven't had the time, let's talk about it. Callwithbrian.com is where you can set up a time to speak with me. I cannot wait to explore whatever your book idea might be. So Travis, tell us about the core values that you run your business by, because I think that really gives us an insight as to who someone is as a business owner. Sure. Um, might be easier to tell you mine in that answer. Cause I would, what I would tell you is I've got about nine different entities right now okay. and holding companies, M and a each there's different core values for the businesses that uh, we have. Right. So for example, I would tell you on the retail side, when you've got employees that range 20 to 30 on average, throwing five to seven core values, which is typically the range uh, I, I work with people on creating, can be a lot to uh, a younger person at work, right? So sure. making it a little more fun and easy to remember. So uh, in that retail uh, business I'm talking about, tag is the core value there. So teamwork, abundance, and gratitude. So... <laughs> We, we, I created it that way to be able to, if you go up to somebody, you see them doing any of those three things or not doing any of those three things the right way, you just touch them on the shoulder and say tag. Hmm. It disarms them in an environment of entitlement and everything that we have going on nowadays because you can't really get mad at somebody coming up to you and say tag, right? Right. So <laughs> when and then when you say it, it's like, hey, that was a great example of teamwork or we could have actually tackled that a little different if we'd worked as a team, right? So 
that's that's an example of how to simplify core values in a retail environment or a younger environment. Myself personally, I'm a little more strict on uh, core values. So mine would be kingdom, relationships, abundance, integrity, and, gro- uh, and growth. So everything that I do <clears throat> is filtered through those things. Right. So oh. if it if it's not in alignment with increasing one of those or or jeopardizes one of those, I just don't do it. Yeah. For example, I love that. That's that's really amazing. Let's talk about your coaching program a little more specifically. If someone was looking for a coach or a mentor, what criteria do you think they should adopt in order to decide who to hire? Um, one, you, you really got to be careful nowadays on coaches on who's theory versus transformational, right? There's uh, there's coaches every day popping out there that read a book, saw a podcast, whatever. They're really good at regurgitating information and having a silver tongue to just spin it right back around and sound like they know what they're talking about. But when you mm-hmm. look them up, they haven't been through anything, right? So, for example, mm-hmm. I stay in my lane, very much mindset, discipline, and just uh, a man's man, right? And uh, if you if you can just Google me and find out, I've, I've been through plenty of, of uh, walks up and down uh, that I'm not just theory here, right? So whether it's me or, or anybody, make sure that the coach you're looking at actually has a portfolio of experience in the area that you're going down, right? I'm not going to go hire a um, painter uh, instructor to teach me about accounting. So uh, asking people questions in a discovery call, for example, can really expose a coach that's never walked the talk that they're talking about, right? So that that's number one. And number two is probably the one thing most people are afraid of when it comes to a coach is hire the coach that's going to hurt your feelings. Like, I'm that guy that I probably turn away uh, or have clients run away uh, because they they know I'm going to hold them accountable. I have friends that way. I'm, I'm the friend that is, I'm going to burn the relationship if I have to, to, just to be honest with you. If you can't take it, you can't take it because I'm not the friend that's going to sugarcoat things. And in today's world, we have too much of that. There, there are coaches and uh, teachers quote out there that will take your money to be able to talk really pretty around your topic and make you feel good to get through the next week or next month to hop on the next call. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very quickly, I'll spend 45 minutes telling you like, yeah, you're, you're being a prick right now, or mm-hmm. you're, you're being weak. Are you ready to stop being weak? Cause I'm not moving forward on this call until you stop being weak. Right. Yeah. So that, those are, those are two things that I, I think are crucial in figuring out a coach. Absolutely. So specific to your program, how do you help men reach their alpha in a world mm-hmm. that doesn't seem to want to reward that anymore? Yeah. By big ignoring the world for one and kind of drowning out all the excuses we tell ourselves, uh, all the flashy, shiny distractions uh, and lies that we've told ourselves. Uh, I've got, for example, I've got a really good friend right now that I talk to on a regular and uh, I coach, I'm I'm coaching him, but I'm not coaching him. Right. And, uh, I've been very clear to him on, hey, you're, you're heading on a path that you're a shell of yourself. You don't know who the heck you are. 
Mm-hmm. You, you're halfway through your life and you're chasing things that mean nothing to you to the point that like you want me to be in your wedding. I'm probably not going to show up to your wedding because it's going to lead to divorce. And I don't want to stand in that. Right. So right. really getting real with men to be vulnerable and break themselves down and do the opposite of what our world would tell us an alpha is, which is most people nowadays, they take the alpha concept as, uh, well, you're just, you're not allowed to be sad. You're not allowed to be vulnerable and share your skeletons or anything like that. That That's actually beta mentality is to hold all those things in and to right. really, uh, hide who you are and be what everybody else says you are. That's why I run with the moniker of the notorious center, right? Like I don't, I really don't give a crap what people think. It took me a while to get there, but breaking down who we think people want us to be so that we can really be our authentic self and figure out where our skeletons are and then just wear them like a badge on our freaking chest of going mm-hmm. through life is, is hugely key and being front and center on the whole concept of, Toxic masculinity, for example, that's a topic that gets thrown out there a lot, which nowadays I, w- I would agree toxic masculinity is a huge thing, but it's actually in females, not in men. We don't have that problem in men, men nowadays. We have it in, in women um, being too much in their masculine and trying to fill the void of that exists with all the men being afraid to be men. Yeah, for sure. If someone is struggling to find their purpose, how do we begin to figure that out? <laughs> It is, there, there's a handful of ways. Uh, I would tell you one that's been pretty powerful to a lot of clients is starting from the end, right? So writing out your obituary and what, what it is that you want to have people believe about yourself or have said about you um, on the time that you spent here. You know, what's written on your tombstone? What is it that you're leaving? Putting people on that realization and visualization of their, their them leaving this this earth really mm-hmm. kind of brings them front and center with okay what 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 am I doing right mm-hmm. like what what is it that uh, I'm called to do or be here and what do I want to leave on that imprint because on that tombstone there's going to be two dates in the middle there's going to be a dash and that that dash is what you contributed while you were here. So when we walk that back, it allows us to really pretty quickly and easily determine what is it the purpose of what we believe we're here for individually and what have you. That's great. How do champions deal with obstacles differently than everyone else? Um, that's a little bit of a loaded question I could go into, but I would say uh, they, they don't deal with them emotionally. That's that's one thing. And so many people nowadays deal with them emotionally. They, they, they deal them deal with them um, with with grit and, and with their own uh, tenacity and self-drive onto what they want accomplished out of it. Right. So that they, champions, for example, they look at a target. They don't see a bullseye in the target. They see a bullseye within the bullseye. All they see is that bullseye and what's within it. They don't even see the other rings around it. While the average um, person that's not a champion sees the entire piece of paper and the target that's on it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. the easiest visual that I would I would portray. 
That is fantastic. How do you know what to say yes or no to? For me and anybody I coach, it, it comes down again to those core values, right? So what the, those become very easy filters uh, as well as, you know, mission statements and purposes and, and really identifying what you want in life and who you believe you are and what what adds to that. If you have those filters in place, it's, it becomes really easy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it, it's either serving you or it's not. And it's serving any of those those values or it doesn't. So. Yep, for sure. Maybe one of your one or two of your top uh, productivity tips, because I know you get a lot of stuff done during the day. Yep. So the, the great thing about um, higher performers that most people don't realize is we, we, we learn how to compartmentalize and compress time. So it's not a matter of how much stuff we get done across the day, how much time we spend. It's how much do we get done in that time? So uh, a couple things, one, you know, from a time blocking and sectioning uh, of your day, really auditing out your week and what you're spending your time on, like writing it out and drawing it out and really identifying and being honest with yourself, what you're spending your time on is huge because you can find how much how many gaps you have. Uh, for example, I have a couple that I'm coaching into a startup that they're going to open that didn't think they had any time. And within 10 minutes of us auditing their week, I was able to show them they they have about 90 hours between the two of them in a week that they're not even utilizing that they're able to use. Um, then separately from that, really being in tune with where you are in your health and your routines. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a contrast that I would tell people to start looking at that you can go down a rabbit hole of, which is your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems mm-hmm. and realizing how staying in one or the other for too long can really negate your productivity. Mm-hmm. But if you can learn how to hack them and blend them between the two of each other, you can increase your productivity five, 10, 15 X. So, uh, those are, those are two things I would throw out there. Absolutely. We are at the end. How can we find you, Travis? Uh, make it pretty easy. TravisSaylor.com. From there, you can find plenty of different avenues. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us, Travis. It was an honor and a privilege. Absolutely. Thanks, Brian. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn along the way. Take care, everyone. Until next week. Have a great one. Goodbye. part of success profiles radio with your host brian k wright each week we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life we'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds including expertise in leadership business relationships careers networking health overcoming adversity and much more for more on brian and the show check out his website briankwright.com If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. 